Really what it comes down to is more people in the state of Wisconsin have more confidence in the April election that just happened than they do in the 2020 election. Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to Wisconsin in Focus and all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. Now here's your host, Bruce Walker. Thank you, Cole, and welcome to the Wisconsin in Focus podcast, powered by the Center Square. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcast at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. We're recording today's podcast on Thursday, April 28, 2022. Joining me today, as he does every week, is Wisconsin correspondent Ben Yount. How are you doing today, Ben? It continues to be too cold for a proper tailgate at the Brewers game. Got tickets to see the Cubs. And look, I don't I don't care about the Cubs. If the Cubs lose every game that they ever play for the rest of their lives, I'm fine with it. But I've, I've, I've been limited to just, you know, simple stuff. Burgers, dogs, brats. It's not tailgate. I got I got pizza to make. I got Chinese food to make. I got breakfasts to make. You can't do that when it's 40 degrees and, you know, 15 mile an hour winds in a parking lot. It's just I know the, the, the first world problems of my life, Bruce, are, are just unbearable. And I'm going to have to talk to somebody about it. Well, um, you know, just take a seat on the couch and uh, the the doctor is in. <laughs> so, hey, listen, um, yeah, well, I, I hear you, bud, because it's uh, going to be a little chilly this weekend, and uh, it is the opening day for trout season here in Michigan, so I'm I'm pretty excited See? about that. But uh, Is there still a, ice on some of the lakes up north in the mitten? Uh, probably, yes. We actually had a little bit of snow the other day. Yeah. But um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it was up to 80 degrees last weekend, which was weird because it was record store day. And I did uh, my record store shopping on Saturday when it was really beautiful outside. And I got all these wonderful, wonderful jazz albums, brought them home, and I couldn't listen to them until I started work on Monday morning. Your, your, your record player not work? Well, no, it was so nice. I had to be outside. So, ah, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Well, next time, next time you go for record store day next shoot next week uh, or next year, pick me up some wham. I hear they're great. Oh, well, that's an all in preparation for our good friend, uh, Tom Gantert, who will be beginning working at the center square on Monday. And that's, uh, that's one of his stumbling blocks. I would have to say, <laughs> although he would, most vociferously disagree but uh let's move on ben ben what is happening in wisconsin what's going on there was a market poll that came out this morning that you wrote on and you just kind of scratched the surface i think there's a lot there for you to talk about it and yeah, the, we, have, we we have almost a half an hour to fill up. So 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 I'm going to pull the string and I'm just going to let you talk. Amazingly, this is what happens when we have a podcast. This is why we have these podcasts. Twenty something minutes to get into this. Yeah, the the Marquette Law School poll is the gold standard of polls here in Wisconsin, and they ask about 
everything, particularly during campaign years, uh, a lot of it is where do you think on this candidate? Where do you think on that race? But they always get to the to the issues as well. In a right track, wrong track for the state of Wisconsin, crime, inflation, school choice. They, they for some reason, asked about same-sex marriage in this poll, which uh, uh, amazes me because, you know, 72% of people in the state of Wisconsin favor it. So I, I don't know where the where the controversy is on that. But, yeah, the, the, the Marquette Law School poll is the better snapshot into where people in the state of Wisconsin are when it comes to all manners of things and, and it is it is exhaustive it's got four or five stories all rolled into one and we wrote about the confidence in elections here in wisconsin because that has been one of the major themes uh we'll get to the democratic race for senate the republican race for governor and what should really worry tony evers coming up here in a minute but the story we put up on the center square this morning, this this Thursday morning that we're taping, uh, looks at whether or not people in the state actually trust their election, and and this was the the sort of intro paragraph. I I love these pollsters. Charles Franklin and his guy do do great job. Oh, they're phenomenal at the pollsters, but they they're, they're a little clunky when they write. It's that sort of academic. Uh, language but but it, it the 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 confidence in election accuracy portion of the poll begins with 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 this doubt about the accuracy of the 2020 election results has been a major issue for republicans since former president donald trump questioned the outcome after that election in wisconsin in wisconsin about two-thirds of republicans have expressed little or no confidence in that election result the april 2022 elections provide an opportunity to measure election confidence outside of the 2020 presidential race again I, that's that's not how I would have written it, but you know these these guys are, are pollsters, not necessarily writers. And and really, what it comes down to is more people in the state of Wisconsin have more confidence in the 2022 election, the April election that just happened, than they do in the 2020 election. I mean, we're talking 76 percent of of Democrats are either very confident, sorry, Republicans, 76% of Republicans are either very confident or somewhat confident. It's 96% of Democrats who are very confident or somewhat confident. Now, that's not surprising. The The April elections here in Wisconsin were for local races, school board, mayor, town council, some judges. And, and while there have been a couple of ballot harvesting complaints, there have not been the sort of big mega issues that dominated the 2020 election. Now, what it really means is 21% of Republicans don't have confidence in one way, shape or form in the 2022 election and just 3% of Democrats. If you look at at where they were in the 2020 election, you've got 62 percent of Republicans who don't have confidence in that election. Now, six percent of Democrats do. And I know that people love to have to do the math in their head as we're rolling through these podcasts. But you still have a good chunk of voters. I mean, what is it? Thirty eight percent of independents in the state say that they don't trust the 2020 election either. So you've got anywhere from a third to more than a half, almost two thirds of voters who say, yeah, I, I have zero faith in what happened back in November of 2020, 
But I, I do have faith in what happened in April of 2022. And some of that is obviously the victories versus the losses. You just have a certain percentage of voters in Wisconsin who are just so mad that Donald Trump didn't win. And oh, you know that that election was stolen. But you also have unanswered questions about that 2020 vote. We're talking the Zuckerbucks. We're talking massive mail-in voting. We're talking what happened in the nursing homes. I mean, this is the entirety of the Gableman investigation. And so while people trust elections in general, they don't trust that election. And because Charles Franklin and his team over at Marquette Law School are really, really good, they then dovetailed that question into the Gableman investigation. And the numbers here are a little surprising, but not because of their partisan bent. That if you ask voters, do you approve or disapprove of the Gableman election investigation, just 13% of voters, all voters in the state, give it a thumbs up. Not even 30% of voters disapprove, give it a thumbs down. The vast and majority, yet. yeah, the vast majority, 57% say they haven't heard enough. And even when you get into the to the the Republican Democrat split, as expected, you know, five times as many Republicans support the investigation as do Repu- as do Democrats, but it's still only 20% of Republicans support this investigation. 64%, the, the, the red meat for the meat eaters crowd, the type of people who turn out at the Iowa County Republican chicken dinner or the Buffalo County Lincoln Day spaghetti lunch, you know, most of those people, 64%, according to the poll, haven't heard enough about the Gableman investigation. So, Bruce, despite our efforts to talk about it every week and write about it every week, you still got over half of the people in the state of Wisconsin who have no idea what this thing is. And this is this is what it was, confirmation bias. This is being in the bubble. This is something that, that we who write about politics, we who talk about politics, have to remind ourselves of that while this is very real for us and, and, and we're going inning by inning, pitch by pitch on this, there are an awful lot of people who don't even know about the final score. They haven't been paying attention up until this point. And, you know, when when you get these kinds of numbers, almost two thirds of Republicans say they haven't heard enough about the Gableman investigation, that that's that's a telling number. And that you know shows it indicates that if there is a messaging war going on, if there is an attempt by the former Supreme Court, the special investigator to message this investigation, they haven't done a very good job. Well. And despite all that, they're, they re-upped, yeah. they extended Gableman's investigation. Yeah. And this is, this is more of an open-ended probe. Uh, the, the reasons that the Gableman investigation is getting an, another extension is not so much to continue to bash the head against the, 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 the brick wall of reluctance and, and avoidance by the Democratic mayors of the Zuckerberg five cities of the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Assembly Speaker Voss said earlier this week that, look, we've got to settle these questions about subpoena power. We've got to settle these questions about just what the legislature can do. And this is one of the things that, that I love as, as, a, as a you know state capital correspondent for years and years and years. And somebody who really, truly believes in the people's house, the legislature as a co-equal branch. 
I enjoy watching lawmakers stand up and say, no, we're, we're not going to stop this. We're not just going to press pause until we are certain that the legislature can assert its own power because, you know, as Schoolhouse Rocks taught me in three ring circus, we have three branches of the government and they are equal just because the governor doesn't like what's happening. Just because a judge in Madison doesn't like what's happening doesn't mean that the legislature can't ask questions. And so this phase if you will, this part, this continuation of the Gableman investigation is focused squarely on those questions, the, the legal questions, a judge in Madison, a judge in Waukesha have yet to rule. And that's why this is co- this is continuing on. Uh, so there's there's no real new investigation that is going to happen out of out of the, the, the Gableman probe. It's more just a well, we're not going to shut it down, because if we shut it down, then that may end the the, the lawsuits, the court filings, the the battle over this, and, and Voss and, and other lawmakers don't want to see that happen. Uh, in, in fact, as, as, as we get ready for one of my other jobs, the question I'm going to ask tomorrow is, you know, for, for crystal ball predictions about the Gableman investigation, because I think that I think that this is far from over. I think that once you settle out the questions of legislative subpoena power, then you have the questions of are you going to force these mayors, these election officials to hand over their documents? Are you going to force these mayors, these election officials to sit down and testify? Look, John Durham on the national level, John Durham is still investigating what happened with the crossfire hurricane, the the, the alleged uh, Russian collusion between the Trump campaign that has turned out to be a debacle for Hillary Clinton. Uh, that that was happening back in 2016. Here we are in 2022, and we're just sort of getting to the meat of that investigation. I, I firmly expect that we're not going to know just what happened in 2020 until well after the 2024 election. Just just sort of the the way that it has taken this long to get this far, and what's going to have to happen after this. I, I don't see this this ending anytime soon. Well, I guess it's a good thing Oliver Stone and Jim Garrison aren't involved in this because we'd be subjected to a three and a half hour epic with Kevin Costner. So as long as we're talking about the Marquette University Law School poll, they uh, they touched on another subject, and that was 58 percent of Wisconsin voters support allowing all students statewide to use publicly funded vouchers to attend private or religious schools if they wish to do so. Um, that seems like it's a, an incredible jump. I mean, we're talking about Mil- Milton Friedman talked about vouchers back in the 1970s and they've been roundly dismissed, but 58% of the Wisconsin popul- uh, voters are actually in support of this. Yeah, and this is, you know, school choice is an issue that started in Wisconsin in many ways. We were the first to push forward with a choice of voucher program. And because of the coronavirus, Wisconsin continues to be not at the forefront of school choice, but it is certainly a state where school choice is much more of a possibility here in Wisconsin than, say, in Illinois. Uh, because of of the, the the power of teachers unions in Illinois and because of the success of Act 10. But yeah, you, you as, take a as, look as at well, this. As, as well as your current governor. Yeah, well, the 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 the, the governor of the of the state right now, Tony Evers, opposes uh, school choice in every form. And if he could kill the the choice programs, he absolutely would. 
But you take a look at that 58% of families who support the idea of school choice for, for everybody, you know, schools statewide without family income limits is, is one of the things because right now you've got school choice mainly for, for, for students from lower income neighborhoods. And that's great. Those are the kids who, who need to get out. You know, my children in Brookfield public schools are having a much different uh, educational reality than kids in Milwaukee public schools, where in some schools you're looking at single digit percentages of kids who can read or write at grade level. But you got to keep in mind that that 58 percent of, of voters here in Wisconsin who support the idea of universal school choice. You also have 63 percent of parents who are happy with their public schools. And the key part about that is their public schools. Because a lot of people love their public schools. I like my schools. I also support the idea of allowing kids in bad schools to get out. I, I support the idea of allowing somebody else's kid to leave their school. The, the, the question that the poll didn't ask, which, which our, our, our friends in the teachers unions love to throw up is, well, you just, just wait till you see what happens when those kids want to go to your schools. Then we'll see how much you support school choice. Uh, but it is it is interesting that while two th about two thirds of of parents, voters in the state say they're happy with their schools, a, a slightly smaller, just under 60 percent say they support the idea of allowing parents to move their kids. And it's it's not really surprising when you take a look at the other question that you saw percolate in this new Marquette Law School poll. They asked whether or not parents should have influence over public school curriculum. That has become an issue that is sort of helping to drive support for school choice. Pollsters say 31% of parents say parents should play the biggest role in curriculum. 35% say teachers, 18% school boards, 7% superintendents and principals, and just 4% say the state legislature should set curriculum. I, I, I know these people in the state legislature. I've covered these people in the state legislature. They should not be setting curriculum. They're, okay, they're <laughs> okay, okay with drafting you know, new limits on speeding, but uh, as, as far as to what the chemistry standards should be. But as you see this, this, this split, you know, a third of parents want want to be in charge of their kids' education. A third of parents, roughly, want teachers to do it. And as that gap grows, as as that that passion grows, because it's one thing that polls don't measure is passion. You will see more people support the idea of school choice, even if they like their schools. They may want their kids out because they don't want to have to deal with the lessons of race or LGBTQ issues. It was just last week that we had the state superintendent of schools double down on these kinds of lessons and say, look, schools should be safe places for kids. And if you stand in the way, you're a bully and you're you're, you're putting people's lives in danger. In her, her op-ed that was 570-something words, she never used the word parent or parents once. So th this question about who drives curriculum is also going to help drive the question about school vouchers and school choice in the state. Well, that seems to me to uh, going to be a big issue as you get closer to your election in November and even through your, your primaries heading yeah, well, into it's, August. You, you, have, you have almost universal support among the, the Republican candidates. And there was a new candidate who jumped in last Friday, but, but did his statewide tour on Monday. 
Tim Michaels, he's saying the the right things that that, that other Republicans are saying. So, you know, the the, the three front runners, I guess, uh, Tim Michaels, former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish and candidate uh, Kevin Nicholson. I almost I almost always forget his first name. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin Nicholson all say they support school choice, all say they support an expansion of, of, of vouchers. They all say they support the parents bill of rights, which would let mom and dad have more say over the curriculum that, that Tony Evers uh, vetoed. So, yeah, it's it, it is education is going to be one of those issues. It's going to come down to it's going to come down to inflation, crime and education here in the state as 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 much as as people are, are are waiting and watching for governor evers climate policy when you take a look at at where voters are it's crime it's inflation and it's education here in the state well great hey ben thanks a lot i do appreciate talking to you i think we're running just a little bit tight on time here so i'd like to thank you once again for all of your news insights and I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into Wisconsin in Focus, which is powered by the Center Square. I'm Bruce Walker, the Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. You can find all of Ben's stories at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. And you can find all the Center Square's great podcast at americastalking.com. Again, I'm Bruce Walker for Wisconsin in Focus. Ben and I will be back to talk to you next week.